Ah, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back at it again. You are in the club, powered by Club Colors. We're doing this little uh, sales leader roundtable here today. Got a little series going. They're getting a lot of uh, excitement and energy around the Club Colors brand, and that's kind of the whole point. We wanted to know who we are, what we're about. We want to create a brand feeling for you, so why not bring you the fantastic folks that are in the trenches, that are out there advising clients and advising our staff on how to build culture, add to the culture, and to create elite intimacy of partnership in the branding space. Ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce you to Mr. Chris Jager and Mr. Giancarlo Amador. What is up, gentlemen? How are you? Doing spectacular, John. Thanks for having us. Wow, I missed that song. Yeah, I saw you bopping a little bit there, G. I was. I, think was, I, feeling- was. <laughs> I was feeling good. I was feeling good. It feels good to, to finally be back on the show. So everyone knows G didn't get kicked off the show G didn't decide to get off the show. I didn't decide that G should be off the show. G decided to do so damn well at his job that he got himself promoted. And we thought, you know what? Maybe you should focus on the new the new role. So tell everyone, and I know that folks are following Giancarlo out there uh, in the LinkedIn world. How can you not? How can you not? And Mr. Chris Jager here has made a commitment to his community of followers that he's going to post on the daily, and he's been doing that as well. By the way, the nicest man in, on earth is is sitting in. It's quite the title, John. He thinks when I call him that, by the way, he thinks that I'm like, you know, kind of like making fun a little bit. I'm not. You literally are the nicest man on earth. So uh, that's a that's a common one. But, gee, tell everyone a little bit about the progression and what the current role is. What's the title? A couple promotions, big movement here. What's happening? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, as John said, did not want to leave the podcast. It hurts watching it from a distance sometimes. But um, as I took on some additional responsibilities at the start of 2022, going into my CDR supervisor role, um, where I was, you know, being mentored by Adam to to begin leading that team. Um, exactly that, right? Took on some more responsibilities and um, made a decision collectively as a team that it was best for me to focus on that um, as, as John kind of figured out how to produce the podcast, host it, um, on his own. And um, it's called sales cast. (laughs) 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 All right. So folks know, um, we call our SDR CDRs because we focus in the collegiate or collegiate. I always say collegiate, like there's an NT there, (laughs) collegiate (laughs) space. And, um, we call them campus development representatives, but essentially it's the SDR role. So it's a lot of developing, uh, a campus kind of taking a newer client that we are starting to work with and uh, really making sure that they're getting maximum levels of um, not only service, but advisement. And then you're able to build one contact into the next. So you've built uh, built up this young team, continuing to scale. What's that been like for you so far? It's been great. It's been great. I mean, to your point, service and, and education is the big thing for me. So really the tip of the spear as far as when uh, a client, a new client uh, from a business development perspective joins our uh, Club Colors Verse, um, it's like, as we like to call it, is you know, really educating them on who we are, how we go about things, what we do. Um, and it's really just been such a pleasure being able to work with uh, you know, the newest teammates in the building and show them who we are and for seeing the different backgrounds that they come from and being able to be the first one that, that, again, that's with a spear that gets to just teach them who we are, how we are about things, and uh, seeing how excited they get has just been uh, a lot of joy. So we, sp- we, spent the la- yeah, we spent the last uh, few years really trying to build out kind of the graduation levers, right? And uh, what does it look like? How do you scale? How do you create layers of management? How do you onboard clients in a manner that allows them to progress in a scalable manner without putting too much pressure on them or us uh, to kind of, you know, go through that total process. Really, when you're taking over brand management for an organization, you're starting to represent their brand, you're becoming an extension of their brand. It takes a minute. You know, it's not like just installing a new technology and letting it, you know, to you turn it on. This is really getting to understand the voice of the, of the campus, um, the messaging that they're looking for. Each department's got a different message that they want to get across, the initiatives that they have, the different business elements that they're trying to progress. So 
Chris, talk to us a little bit about what you're doing in your role and how you're helping to kind of establish some of that. Right. And really, the way I would look at your role, Chris, if, if I may, picture a client being a boulder, okay? Yep. And that boulder is nestled in. It's kind of got, you know, like the bottom part of the boulder is kind of nestled in the, the earth, yep. right? And you got a crew of people who just start kind of pushing it and rocking it. And that thing just starts going. Once it gets over the lip, it starts to progress. That's when you pass it off, right? Yeah. So our team, the strategic development team, really what we do is on the campus side of our business, we're working with those new partners that we have on a strategic level. So whether that's through a contract, whether that's through uh, a established relationship we have that perhaps has changed institutions um, and has opened a door to a new brand that we haven't had access to before. Um, and really cultivating those next-level relationships within that campus community. And it's such a relationship-based thing in higher education that if you can establish those foundational elements, lay that groundwork for the next advisor, it just makes the whole process that much smoother for the campus, Mm -hmm. for the club color side of things. It just makes it all cohesive and roll from there. I think that's an important uh, factor there is – when we think about a brand, we think about a client, right? It's not a person representing that brand. It's the whole Club Colors machine that is representing that brand, exactly. right? So um, those of you that listen out there are like, wait a minute. You onboard a client, you get them rolling, then you move them off to somebody else, and then they get rolling further, and maybe that rolls off to some. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, I'll tell right. you why. It's because it's best for the client, <clears throat> right? It's about the client's experience. It's about them getting the best out of that. And we continue to scale and progress. So there's always opportunity for people to yep. grow and add to their books and, and those types of things. But we want to make sure the journey for the client's fantastic. Exactly. And if we're eventually going to make it into a strategic account, someone has to have those initial conversations, lay that foundation for that next level of advisor to take and run. Yeah. Ah, yes, this is John Morris. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am your host for In the Club, powered by Club Colors. Before we get started, I am so excited to introduce you to our sponsor for this episode today. When it comes to headwear, Cap America's got you covered. They've got trucker hats. They've got sustainable headwear. They've got high-end corporate styles. They've got it all. Plus, they have decoration options to make your logo look amazing. They're the best at embroidery, and they've got the coolest patches. If you want something totally unique, they've got four different custom programs to design the perfect hat for you and your business. If you're not using Cap America for all of your headwear needs, you should be. They are your go-to headwear solution. Thanks again. Enjoy the show. So uh, talk a little bit about what it's like to represent some of these household brand names. I mean, if you look at it, like we're on, you might be one day onboarding a community college, right? Somewhere in the Midwest. And then like today we had a conversation with, uh, well, let's just say that they're a college football powerhouse uh, that's pretty much in the national championship every single year. Oh, well, I'm not going to jinx anything, but <laughs> you might be able to put something together uh, there. Um, so what's it like to to be kind of um, entrenched in some of those brands and to work with some of those logos and to know that you're kind of the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain? Nobody knows that you're you might have a whole you might have 20,000 T-shirts on a hot press right now on a screen print getting put sent out to that school. What's that like, G? There's a lot of pride in it, right? Just like we take pride in what we do here at Club Colors, we take that same passion into the conversations we have with our partners, educating ourselves on their culture, their tradition, and just their brand as a whole. And ultimately, it's being responsible, but again, also just having pride in that brand. So to answer your question, it's cool. It's fun. It's interesting. It's uh, you, you get a lot of passion that you draw from it, being able to see all the things happening on the back end and how that comes to life. And then my favorite is seeing the photos on LinkedIn, right? Yeah. You get to start to see students wearing different hats, different gear, and they have no idea that you have anything to do with it, Mm -hmm. but you do, and you find a lot of pride in that. No, and I think that's a great call-out because there's that process you go through when you're working with a school, whether it's community college, whether it's a national powerhouse, they're all unique brands. They all reach their community in their own way. And going through that process of understanding the brand, understanding what it represents, understanding what it means to that community, you take that process to any level of 
higher education finance. Yeah. That's a great point, Jager, because I think some of the, the projects that I've been most passionate about are the ones where, like, if I brought the name home to my family, they'd be like, who? Yeah. 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 Those are the most fun to be a part of um, because, again, there's a, a ton of passion and a ton of – I just – I love the underdog. Yeah. I love the underdog, and you How get you some not? of that feeling there. <laughs> well, I was, ta- I was giving somebody a tour the other day, and, and I was, I was uh, kind of going through the list of some of the clients. So when I go back to screen print, and I'm introducing somebody to all the different services we have, and I'm kind of giving them the tour – and, you know, they see the two beasts, the monsters. We call our, our ten-head screen print machines the beast, right? They we got two of them now. They're beastly. I mean, this thing's just cranking T-shirts prints out on a regular basis. And mind you, like, these are automated machines where two people are working it, and they're just, like, spinning fast. So what I like to do is I like to take them to the inventory of T-shirts that are sitting there, and we've got our sheet on there, and it says who it's going to. I'll just be. I'll just rip off some of the names. Like this one's going to a school in Texas. This one's going to this school in California. This one might be a private Catholic school you've heard of. You know, this one might be this. And then you look over and you see um, on the corporate side, you might see the high vis T-shirts. And I'm like, you've probably heard of this construction company. We're doing their high vis T-shirts, right? So it's pretty cool to to do that. And there is a lot of sense of pride in that. The other thing that stands out to me is when I go home and my and my family's like. Can you make me a this? And I'm like, we don't make, <laughs> we don't make the jacket. Like, we decorate the jacket. We'll source the product, bring it in, and we'll uh, we'll decorate it and get it out. But there is a ton of pride in that regard. There's also a lot of pride that you guys probably are feeling in the fact that you are new to the management team, to the le- leadership team, and you're starting to recognize the difference between being an individual performer versus the pride and the gratitude. And the stress of having a team of people that you're trying to get to be their best selves. What's that been like for you, Chris, so far? Yeah, I mean, that's a, a great call out, John. It's, it's been an interesting transition over the last 13, 14 months now. Um, I mean, I stepped out of a role where I was setting records in the sales team. All-time all leading. Time, I, I mean, all-time leading college I'll toot my own sales. horn with that one, but uh, it, it's one of those things where... Records up! You know... You do it. You have a process that works for you as a rep, mm-hmm. but you have a transfer of knowledge that you're responsible for taking on to that next layer of up and comers. And what can I do to transfer that knowledge? What's that process like? What's my responsibility to them to elevate them to where they want to go? And that's really been the fun challenge over the last year: is helping them achieve their goals, helping them achieve those milestones, uh, and helping elevate their skill sets over time. It's, it's uh, pretty nice when, you know, their wins become your wins, right? But I think the key to really strong leadership that I think that you both do very well is uh, that you hug them when they're down and you kind of you, you push them when they're up, right? It's when they're in third place, you're trying to push them to first. Yep. When they're in 10th place, that's when you got to hug them or they'll go to 11th. Yeah. No, right? it's, it's a whole reading of the room, reading their body language, understanding what makes them tick, what makes them uh, want to go a little extra. Um, for me, it, it's that, that drive. It's one of my three pillars. It's do you know your why, and can you tap into that to drive you to do things that maybe you don't think you can do? On a given day, you know, if you have a certain call number you're trying to make, can you tap into that to push yourself to go beyond that on that day? Um, but if you don't know that about yourself, how can you really tap into that to, to use that to your advantage as a rep? So we partner with uh, universities and colleges, big and small, throughout the United States. And uh, as part of that, we've aligned ourselves as an aggregator with some very fantastic uh, associations or a a company you may have heard of, which is Barnes & Noble College. Um, And they're a fantastic partner that we do work with, along with the ICBA. Uh, And uh, how does that relationship work that's a really really fun thing in that you have uh, folks on campus that are supporting that that campus brand um, that are um, trying to do their best to guide and direct those department heads and those decision makers to make the best decision and they're advocates for club colors uh, and telling that story and then you start to develop the relationship with the department so how do you balance that? What's that conversation like with the folks at the bookstore uh, and how you kind of develop that partnership? And then how does that make them 
when you do great work like you do for those department heads and they get a fantastic reaction, how does that then trigger a response from the bookstore manager? To me, it all goes back to the community conversation. Mm -hmm. So bookstores often are that central hub on campus. You're thinking of where can I go to get a T-shirt branded with whatever school we're working with. Meaning the department head's going to go to the bookstore and say, where do I get T-shirts? Anyone. Yeah, anyone. Like that, that's yeah. what you're thinking is, okay, I got to go to the bookstore to get this. Yeah. So it becomes that natural hub on campus. Oftentimes, geographically, they're also literally in the center of campus. Mm -hmm. uh, so if we can work with our bookstore partners to really empower them to be that yes center on campus where they're able to engage with people on the internal side of the campus and the external side and just continually say yes like to people, air traffic control that's what we want that's yeah. what we're here to do we're here to support our bookstores in that way and that, that that's my favorite thing about the partnership with barnes and noble is that man are they passionate about serving the campus mm -hmm. right and and that's what makes our our partnership so special is that's both of our angles, service yeah. the clients, service the departments, make them happy, bring them to the solution. We just happen to have different vehicles to get there, but we use each other to make sure that we're always servicing the client and, and that's the department. Yeah, as long as we're running in parallel with them towards the same direction, which is, you know, never having to say no. That's, I mean, people don't like to hear the word no. I don't know if you knew this or not. No, <laughs> they, don't, they don't like that. Like, As you start to <laughs> go down that Do you path, have this? No, I don't. Sorry. You're, you're conditioning people to understand that you can't help them. Yes. And we don't want that for our clients. Yes. And the interesting thing about, you know, our, our uh, maturation process is most of what we have diversified into, the, the additional services, right, that we've, some of the ancillary services have been by request of our clients, who are like, well, you do this really well, like you embroider these these golf bags really, really well, or you are able to source and kit these uh, these tumblers, these welcome kits, these uh, commencement kits, whatever it was. Uh, okay, so you did that really well. Can you do this now, right? And then that turns into spatial branding, which then turns into digital marketing, and it continues to progress. And that's that never say no factor. So I got to be honest with people here that are listening. There's some times where we go, absolutely, no problem, and hang up the phone and go, oh, no, and we run off to our CEOs and go, can we do this? And they go, don't worry, we'll figure out a way. It's that, uh, I like to call it f find a way to yes. Yeah. So it, it's identify the opportunity at hand, and can we partner on the back end through all of the relationships we have established from a business-to-business -business standpoint to make that vision, that dream, that whatever it is, a reality for our clients. What do your partners mean to you, G? I know that your partners with uh, on two variables, right? You have staff member partners, which is your team, right? And we call them partners because that's how we we want them to understand that there's got to be a leader, right? But it's not a title process; it's a, it, you're doing it together. Um, and then you have client partners, which would be you know the campus department heads and decision makers. Um, what does what do those partnerships mean to you? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, uh, the first partner that you mentioned, which is my teammates, the, the, the CDRs on our team, that's my number one partner because I know that if I serve them correctly and successfully, then they'll serve our campus partners successfully, and that's the ultimate goal. Um, so, you know, I'm, they mean the world to me. I'm not able to have any of the success that I've been able to have at Club Colors without them. I'm not able to grow, which is my most important thing, that I continue to learn, I continue to grow that way the people around me do. And I'm not able to do that without my team. So uh, they mean the world to me. A message to them as well. Uh, G can't grow. Therefore, you can't grow. Right? Because in order for one of you to take G spot, G has to help you grow enough that, he, they, that you grow him out to a new spot, a bigger spot, and somebody then grows into his spot. Right? So it's a chain reaction. It's a chain reaction. And that's, you know, that's how, that's how you, the water rises, the boat rises. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's where we grow. Yeah. <laughs> and if you want to go somewhere, I'm a big believer that that you push the, the person before you to grow. Right. So for me, it's what what can I take off of your plate? What what's taking up your time right now? What do you want to be doing more of? What do you want to be doing less of? And of that less of, let me take that off of your plate. That's the best advice I'd have. for. It's everyone. like Casey Smurthwaite we had on uh, a call the other day. We had on the uh, podcast the other day and he's with the V Foundation. And uh, brilliant, man. Brilliant. I mean, just outstanding. Understands marketing, branding. Uh, and 
he essentially, you know, V Foundation works with cancer. They want to cure cancer. He goes, man, I can't wait till I'm out of a job, right? And it's kind of that same, it's, it's obviously that's a much bigger cause. But, uh, and we were laughing, like, I can't wait for you to lose your job. It would be fantastic for you to lose your job because that means that cancer's cured. Well, it, gee, it would be fantastic for you to lose your job by getting the next one because your team advanced so well because you were a steward to them. That's the whole point. Same thing with clients, right? So we talk a lot about getting a client promoted, Yep. right? Tell us what, what we mean by that and, and why that's important. Yeah, so when we talk about getting a client promoted, we kind of touched on it earlier where there's different levels of advisors within our team. So for us on the strategic team, at the very base level of the development side, we're going to work to establish those relationships and progress them to that next level. And then eventually they'll be with a strategic advisor. As the, the breadth of the partnership grows, as our footprint on campus grows, as that reciprocity comes back and forth. We want to get the best brands, best partners we have in our building with the best talent in the building. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's the key, is to put the, the best talent with the best brand, the best dr- drives the best, right? Yep. So uh, <clears throat> as we've continued to uh, scale and move on, where do you guys see uh, your divisions going over the, next, uh, somebody, over the next year? What do you see happening? We're moving into a new building. We're right now going on a hiring spree. We're adding new people. Uh, people are moving off of your team into Chris's team, and people are moving off of Chris's team to the next team. So where do you guys see uh, there's some real opportunity for growth and expansion? Yeah, I'll, I'll start us off, too. Um, it's one of those things within the strategic pod. We have seen it happen to start this year where we start to, to layer it out in terms of more strategy of how accounts are assigned within the pod. So there's these verticals that are essentially being built within the structure of the bigger picture of how campuses operate. I see that continuing. So you have a Barnes & Noble College division. You have an ICVA division. You have a Follette division. There's the different operations of, of how campuses operate that ultimately could drive structure, could drive opportunity, could drive those levers that people could uh, leverage to, to create those next tiers of, of leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the, the sky is really the limit when it comes to colleges. There's so many different categories. There's so many different ways. That they so operate. many buyers, so, so many, many departments. Buyers. I mean, a given school has a couple thousand employees. There's so much opportunity. Uh, but continuing to build structure to help funnel that to a more um, simple approach for the rep, I think is where this is heading. Let's talk about projects. What do you think are some of the new trends? What's happening on campus? You know, I don't know if folks know this or not, but marketing departments at college campuses are pretty stellar. Branding is a huge thing for colleges and universities. I mean, huge. It's huge to the point where there's licensing, right? Like, uh, you know, we, we laugh about Northwestern purple is Northwestern purple. There's no variation. It's spot on exact. Clemson orange is Clemson orange. It is spot on. It has to be exact. Thread counts have to be exact. Everything has to be exact. It has to go through a licensing process because they take their branding so serious. That being said, they also are trendsetters, right? They like to be out front. They're dealing with the youth. Youth tends to be wanting innovation, cutting edge, out front. They want the latest, the greatest, the best, right? What are you seeing as trends coming out of the promotional product and branded apparel space or the way that it's delivered, how it's packaged, how it's presented that's creating the biggest impact on admissions, on uh, alumni donation, on engagement, all those different areas? What are some of the trends? Go ahead first, G. Yeah, for me, I'm, I think it's it's the latter, like you mentioned, the how, the 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 why, really. So, um, I think back to even the things that we do internally, right? So whether it's that backpack that you receive when you first start, or that that suitcase that you see everyone receives when they join Presidents Club, it's that feeling of chasing something internally. And so, when you have programs and traditions like that, that's what builds culture. That's what drives culture. So it's less about really what what's new, the what, the item, but mm. how it's being delivered and why it's being delivered to me. 
So more of um, an incentive or a recognition, something purposeful instead of a giveaway. Yep, program-like. Yeah, program-like. Because giveaways, you're right, G. I mean, if, if you think about it, giveaways, if, you're, if, if somebody just gives you something and there was, you have no skin in the game, there's no, nothing you have to kind of buy into, whether it's a philosophy, a message, a greater purpose, eh, it's just what, what's the real value in that, right? Yeah, I think that's a great call-out, and it's exactly our approach. So when we're working with colleges, when we're working with departments to, to go through what they're going to do for promotion, getting an understanding of that purpose, that why, and tying it into different product categories. So if a given college has a, a big green initiative, we can take that uh, knowledge to the market source the products that can tell that story, create that experience that at a grand level the university is trying to promote mm -hmm. and boil it down to what's going to support this given program while supporting the big message of the university. What are some of the mistakes that distributors make that might have relationships with universities or corporations and not getting to that, right? I mean, that there's sometimes a buyer isn't just going to roll over and show you their belly and tell you exactly no, what I, it is that they want. Right. So what are some of the things that you're teaching your team in order to draw that out so that you could then place product source product that's consistent with the greater brand purpose that that university has at the end of the day, it comes down to ask the question. You have to ask questions. You have to paint the picture, lead folks, into those conversations. Uh, it's something that my father drilled in my head as a kid is always ask questions, never be afraid to ask the question, question everything. And I've been able to build a career around that. So oh, I gave thank the, you, Dad. I gave the wrong advice. Yeah. Mr. Jager, sorry. Can you call me and give me some advice? Because I've been telling my kids to stop asking me so many damn questions. It's one of those things, though, that <laughs> <laughs> We're not there yet. you got to get curious with your clients. Yeah, for real. And if you're not doing that, Shame on you, because that is how you dive into those purpose, uh, the, the purposes and the whys that they have and identify those pain points that they may have with their brand or with how they engage with folks. So you have to ask the question. I love that, Jigger. It starts with curiosity. Mm -hmm. So um, that that's definitely where it starts. For me, it's then confidence, right? Now what have you, those answers that you've gotten from those questions, how fearless are you to throw an idea out there, put yourself out there, get creative with your team, um, bring back solutions that are working on other campuses and similar traditions and similar cultures. And how fearless are you to throw those ideas out there and put yourself on the line? So for me, it's confidence to follow up that curiosity. Now, this is an event-driven industry that we operate in, right? And the reality is as well that you can't, you can only sell so many t-shirts to one campus. You can only sell so many journals to one campus. You can only sell so many tumblers to one campus, right? So there's only so much that you could do and they only have so much marketing budget that they can operate with. So there is a level of having to grow and scale by adding new business, by also sideways selling, yep. selling uh, more diversified products and services. What are you seeing as a trend getting away from some of the promotional products and the brand apparel that some of our campus partners are really intrigued about that we offer? What, what are some of the, of the kind of the pioneer clients, if you will, that go, okay, but I see you, Club Colors. I see you could do that. But I understand you do this as well. What are some of those things that they're kind of they're latching onto that is going to be the next thing for us? I think more than anything, it's that shift away from cheap promo. Mm -hmm. So when I entered this industry seven years ago, it was very different climate, very different environment. You were slinging fidget spinners. It, the fidget spinner was a thing. <laughs> And I know nobody's bought a fidget spinner in about four years. There are still <laughs> warehouses out there in the industry yeah. that have hundreds of thousands exactly. of these things. Exactly. Um, but that transition away from just having a thing to give out a thing to, okay, I'm going to spend my marketing dollars on something that's going to make an impact for the greater mission at hand. It should be something that reflects that quality. It should mm -hmm. be something that has a certain standard to it that matches the brand that we are. And being able to see that, conversation happen again and again and again over time and that mindset shift happen has been an amazing thing gee it's just a promotional product can it really have that type of impact yeah a hundred percent because i mean folks are talking about the eco-friendly a ton right now right but eco-friendly is not just using something recyclable it's giving something that is going to be continue to be used so to jager's point giving something that's of quality that people are going to continue to use and continue to keep 
um, is the most eco-friendly thing that you can do. An eco-friendly product that ends up in the garbage isn't so eco-friendly. Yeah. It's not. What are some of the uh, the uh, services that, again, some of the services that you're seeing folks really engage uh, with us on uh, that are uh, beyond the three-dimensional product, some of the different yeah. things that they're looking for? So kidding, it's something that really took um, an explosive growth over the last couple of years through uh, the, the pandemic and all that. But now coming out of all of that, we're seeing this uh, need and desire still there. It's repurposing the pandemic project into something different. And how can we take the vehicle that was us taking on the kidding element? You don't have to deal with students trying to coordinate, you know, putting stuff together. They may or may not show up. You don't have to take your staff away from what they're actually trying to do, what was actually in their job description to go put together bags. We can take all that on, still deliver uh, that experience to you. If you want to hand them out on campus, great. Yeah. Drive, drive attendance to an event. Drive attendance to a building that nobody's been in forever. I think that that service, though, of, the, of creating kits, creating branded experiences is still very much in demand and very much relevant. Okay, so we didn't do kidding pre-pandemic. Um, so I just want to tell a little story. So, uh, And it's relevant because Chris is here, and Chris was the first one to really uh, – I pioneered a few things. He pioneered a few things. <laughs> um, Chris is the guy who's like – Oh, you don't think I can do that? No problem. I'll figure it out. Don't worry. He'll, I'll get it done. He's, I can also he's done. thank my dad for that mindset. Yeah, okay, good, good. You guys are probably great on a car ride. I'll tell you what. No, we're not there yet, Chris. I don't know why the sky's blue. I don't know. I don't know why that mountain's there. Um, so we were up 40% January and February of 2020, coming off of a record year in 2019. Things were absolutely outstanding. We were adding staff. And... As we all know, the pandemic hit March 13th of uh, 2020. Uh, we essentially had to send everyone home, much like the rest of you listening to this. We all went through the trials and tribulations of that. We were up 40%. Within three weeks, we lost all that ground plus some um, to the point where we were generating about 10% of our revenue, 10 to 20% of our common revenue uh, per week, per month um, at that point. Everything had just kind of stopped. And it wasn't a stop like it was going to be permanent, but it was enough of a stop where it was like, we need to figure out some marketing strategies here or we're going to have to downsize a significant amount of people. Club Callers is very much culture-driven. We're very much a people-driven organization, and we do operate with kindness. So the decisions that were made at the top were um, executive teams. uh, The executive team took pay cuts uh, to save some people. Um, and um, those things were then brought back once we got ourselves stable, but we were willing to take pay cuts to do that. Another thing that was done was um, we came up with 10 uh, marketing strategies in five days that were sent out, and there was another thing that was done that Chris Tossi, our co-CEO, started to open up channels in um, overseas and in Mexico for PPE um, so that we could kind of segue a little bit into that without losing our identity. I'm not going to tell you the whole story about how um, we had an amazing situation that we had to walk away from because we are extremely ethical and the right decision was to protect society and people. And we walked away from a big amount of money, which ended up being uh, a great decision in the long run, but it was quite painful. In doing that, it's almost like you get blessed. When you do the right thing, even when it hurts, one of our core values, Imagine that. Um, the universe works for you, it works the right way for you. Um, it's kind of like if you play pickup basketball and you know that you didn't foul the dude and then he goes to shoot the free throws and he misses the first one or both of them. That's the basketball universe. Ball of, don't lie. Right? Yeah, the ball don't lie, right? Ball don't lie. <laughs> so in that marketing strategy, one of those things that we, uh, we uh, collaborated on with our design lab team, our co-CEO, our sales leadership, we all got in a room and we were like, how are we going to do this? And we started coming up with different ideas of how to – uh, adhere to this new remote status, events being stopped, how we could get the message out there. So there was a couple things that came into play. We started doing, you know, we knew that we were going to have husband and wife in many cases at home with three kids for the first time, all trying to operate out of a 2,000-square-foot home um, and to be productive and to keep their job. So we came up with things like the corporate occupy your children <laughs> at home kit, right? Um, and we came up with like, 
uh, date night kit because we knew you weren't going on a date. So here, we're going to send you the stuff where you get, and we can't, but in that, in those 10 marketing strategies was what we call the grad pack. I'm not sure exactly whose idea it was. It was probably Chris Tassi's, if I'm being honest, uh, but it was somebody's idea in that collaboration. We started marketing that aggressively on social media, hence why we're on LinkedIn so much now. We started pushing that on on LinkedIn and social media, email drips, website, everything, and then we wrote the scripts for our sales team who was never sold kits before, was panicked at home. Uh, we wrote the scripts of how to do this. We got on the first few calls. And Chris has a fantastic relationship with Northeastern University. And that was Club Color's first com uh, virtual commencement kit. So there's your background story. Tell us about how that played out. It is quite an interesting story. And yeah. by the way, I'm telling this story because the young man sitting next to him, who is an absolute uh, phenom and a monster in a great way, every sense of the word of a great monster, um, is here because of the work that was done to, in my, in my mind, kind of save Club Colors uh, from a, a really difficult spot where we had to downsize a lot of people and might have had to reinvent ourselves. And instead... It stimulated the organization in new highs. We opened up kidding, and then we went on a hiring spree, and in that hiring, we found Giancarlo. There you go. So, Chris, tell right. us about how that worked. That is quite the stage set right there. There you go. Uh, no, it was a, a crazy time. So, I mean, you, you touched on it. You're shifting back to working from home for, for me the first time in my career. And we are a culture-driven company. That was a shock to yes, all of us. Yes. And I've got, at that point in time, a newborn and a three-year-old. I'm working in the basement in this little, like, room with a yellow light that I'll never forget everyone making fun we, of me. We, yes. <laughs> well, the best were these selfie uh, picture posts that you're doing with your daughter's, like, little oh, yeah. little playhouse in the background <laughs> and stuff. Well, we did, I didn't have the gong, so yeah, not everyone's like, set up for uh, at home work. So, for those that don't know, we have a gong that we hit when we celebrate wins, and that wasn't at home. Mm -hmm. So, I started using my kids' toys that yeah. made noises, <laughs> yeah. and like that was going to be my gong yeah. for the day. Uh, but anyway, it, when it came to this project, a lot of it was the timing. So, we're talking about this coming around in that time window of March thirteenth, mm -hmm. March twentieth. In that, the end of March is when this conversation really picked up with the university and the partners we have and tackling this unprecedented. And I hate that word, but the, truly it was an unprecedented project for that university to shift a commencement. Okay. So to something that when Chris says that, that is the right terminology for it. It was unprecedented for everybody, yes. but it was also the first time ever in the history that universities were doing a virtual graduation through zoom. Yeah. Grandma wasn't flying in. No. Mom and dad weren't sitting there. The student and, and on student loans and the parents just put $200,000 into a four-year investment. And now, all of a sudden, the best part of it, right, the icing on the cake, that diploma, the walk down, the parties, the feeling, the energy, the throwing the cap in the air, all of that stuff that creates the ultimate brand experience that all that, those faculty members have been pushing all that student body. Stay with us now. Stay with us now. We're here. Have this experience. Stay with us. Remember, people change colleges too. They have turnover too. So part of the faculty's goal is to keep the students there for all four years and get them to graduate, right? So it was that experience that is, is not there, and it's, it's on the edge. Taken away. And in the case of Northeastern, a lot of their students are actually five-year students. So it's an even longer build up to that pinnacle moment that, that they yeah. weren't going to have. So how do we take that experience they're missing? How do we tap into the feelings that they should have on that day and bring it into an experience in a box? And that was a challenge we had at hand. We sourced different products that tapped into those feelings, those uh, moments of the brand that they wanted to bring to the student and created that experience for them. Uh, but it really was a, a timely project, a project that spent many a night, many late hours trying to figure out how to pull all this off, how to ship stuff internationally. We shipped, I think, thousands of boxes all over the globe. It was quite the experience. It was, it was 6,000 uh, unique kits 
because every student graduates with a different level, different diploma, different school, different programs, different cap, different everything, right? So the only thing that was consistent were the promotional products that were sourced and put in each kit. Unless they were a higher level graduate, there might have been an additional thing in there. Right, right. And so creating those experiences and getting them fulfilled out to folks, uh, we're uh, working under the, the parameters of the times as mm-hmm. well, where we had to navigate that element of things. It was quite the challenge and uh, one of the most rewarding projects I think I've had in my time here. It was, it was, uh, it was a case study of resiliency for the Club Colors organization. It was also a case study of teamwork in that from top down, in order for us to pull off that first one so that we could use it as proof of concept to become something that we could do for hundreds of other universities, we had to nail the first one. Yep. And the first one happened to be the biggest one. Isn't that the amazing thing? 6,000 unique kits, box package sent to nine different countries, direct to doorstep. Remember, we couldn't send them bulk for distribution. It had to go direct to doorstep yep. in nine different countries in the middle of a pandemic. And by the way, we were dealing with supply chain issues uh, where the timing of when things were coming in, all those different things, um, and with limited resources and that our cash flow faucet had been turned off. Um, it actually puts a knot in my throat to think about the work that you did, the work that so many people did in order to put us in a position where folks like G and his team and the newer folks at Club Colors have a home now, have a place, and it's helped us to scale and grow at such a level on the college side because that word got out. And now, um, literally as we were kidding the Northeastern commencement kit, we were on a Zoom call with Northwestern, and Northwestern had the same challenge, and we walked back into the warehouse and showed us kidding that project and they got all emotional with excitement and, and so on. And we're like, oh, my gosh, thank gosh. We didn't, we didn't know if we had a solution or who could do this. Those two turned into 50, 60, 70, and they turned into unbelievable development, which then four months later caused our CEO team to say, we now have a new division called Kidding. We now have an opening where college has jumped. And now we're, we're actually parlaying that into conversation with corporations about at-home kits, welcome kits, how to work remote kits, all these different things. And that caused us to then go on a hiring uh, journey and brought in uh, G and, and other folks. So are you still seeing colleges and universities uh, really feeling that kit uh, solution as being a, a great one for them, even though it's not a virtual setting? Are they still turning to the kit process? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, like you mentioned, going back to your question earlier about what are some of the things that we're seeing, it's it's time, right? A lot of the folks in, in the college space are wearing multiple hats in their roles, and so we're able to save time for them in a couple of ways. Number one is that kidding and fulfillment, right? taking these things off of their plate. So if you've got stuff on hand, ship it to us. We'll get that as well. But then also the technology that we utilize, right, to collect data so that you're not running around asking for sizing information, shipping information, and getting it all in the right format to get it over to us. Let us use our technology that we've invested in to make that happen. So, again, service the client. That's right. G's an expert at spinning plates. Um, He's not in a carnival or anything weird like that, and he doesn't have a tricycle. Uh, But... He's an expert in spin and play. He does have a unicycle. I saw him (laughs) popping a wheelie, which was amazing. How do you pop a wheelie on a unicycle? Never knew, G. Uh, But uh, it is fantastic because the the philosophy that you have, that you're saying there with your team is make sure that we get the message across to our clients that our job is not to add to their plate. It's to take everything off of their plate. So they can be the the strategist, right? They can be... Uh, the project manager, they can go, this goes there, this goes there, this goes there, but they don't have to worry about sourcing all the products and figuring out where it goes and how it looks pretty and how it gets delivered. You take all that from them. It's beautiful. Well, and we've seen this interesting shift where these universities were exposed to what kidding could be like through the pandemic, and now they're looking to repurpose it to engage their staff and their employees. And if you're bringing on new hires, which in higher education, there's been a huge changing of guard over the last few years. How do you engage these employees that are coming into your university? They're not as familiar with the ins and outs of how things operate. What's that new hire kit look like? I'm going to name drop a place, and then you tell me if you think this idea is brilliant. Okay? Stitch Fix. Have we heard of Stitch Fix? Yes. Love Stitch Fix. 
I mean, I I don't know how to go to a store and shop for myself. <laughs> I get lost on the way to work. I don't even know. I mean, like, so I'm I'm surprised I found pants this morning. So I need somebody to be like, that looks good. I'm glad you. You them. don't look good, but those pants look good. Right? Really glad you found them. Yes, thank you. <laughs> thank goodness. You're welcome. Thank you. Stitch fix. All right. So think of this. Alumni could sign up. Alumni loves to rock their. You're a University of Iowa hey, alum, go right? Hawks. Go Hawks, right? So you're all about your Hawks stuff. Imagine if yep. you could do a subscription where, and you could turn it on and off as alumni. And you could do a subscription, and it's an alumni kit. And for $49, you know, um, $49.99, $95, $49.95, every two months, every two months, you get a kit sent to you. And your sizes are all in there. And it's got a, the new Hawkeye stuff, swag, tumbler, whatever, cool stuff. And you could decide, it comes with a bag, you could decide to send it all back, no cost, on that month. You could take each piece individually, which on an item basis is a higher price. You could pick each one different. So you could send two back, keep three. You could take the whole thing and you get a 15% discount off of the total price if you take the whole thing, if you keep the whole thing. Who's in? Sign me up. Who's in? (laughs) Sign me up. Who's in? Well, all right, colleges, universities. How cool would that? Think about how your alumni. Like, I'm an alum. I don't want to think. I don't want the phone call. I don't want to think. Sign me up for... Give me some cool stuff. Send it to me. Let me decide if I keep it or send it back. Right? And I'll probably keep it because it's got, you know, it's my school. I'll keep it. And I'll wear it. It's your brand. It's my brand. And every year, your market increases by 8,000 people, depending upon how big your school is, that are alum that can get on this subscription thing. I think it's a, a, a beautiful. Did I just solve the world's problems? I think maybe, so. Maybe. I think so, yeah. With the brand impression alone, you do that. Yeah. It's a beautiful solution, and it's something that we actually have explored with (laughs) universities already. And so I I think it's one of those things where anytime you can create that experience and bring it to people, it's lightning in a bottle. Yeah. It it could be alum, but it could be parents, too. Yep. Because parents, and you you send your kid to a school, you want some stuff. It's not only alum and parents, it's those advancement offices, Mm -hmm. development teams that are looking for ways to drive donorship to the business unit of the university. Yep. Are you uh, are you ready to drive some personal branding donorship to the Chris Jager and uh, Giancarlo of In the Club, Powered by Club Colors? With the hot iron! With J-Mo! Are you ready? Oh, man. Oh. Let's go. Let's, Let's go. Let's go. The crowd's going wild. Hold on. How's this for canned theme music? Oh, everybody. You guys are silly. You guys are silly. Oh, this crowd's here. When did they get here? That was weird. Have you guys been here the whole time? I see you hiding over there. Ma'am, your laugh is so cute. Okay, here we go. Who's going first? All right, let's go. All right, G's going first. All right, and a one, and a two, and a three. This is the Hot Iron with J-Mo. G-Style. Here we go. Name the best professional sports team ever and the year associated to that team the 2016 chicago cubs 2016 chicago cubs i love you g that is true anthony rizzo was my favorite bryant javier baez dexter fowler ben zobrist ben zobrist um jason hayward uh addison russell wilson Contreras, uh montero montero chapman david ross even though Chapman almost let it go. He, uh, saying, but he got uh, us there. Uh, all right, we'll give it to him. We'll Montgomery it to him. won it. Montgomery. Here we go, Chicago Cubs. Boom. All right. What three things other than air and water that you – what are three things other than air and water that you must have to live a complete life? Family. Love. Passion. <laughs> it was touching. It was beautiful. What is the best project that you've ever been a part of in a work setting? The In the Club podcast. That is correct. That is correct. That's a five tap. 
That is correct. The audience goes crazy. By far. Everyone's laughing. Everyone's laughing. If you had to join the military, excuse me, wrong question. What is the best? All right, calm down, everybody. Relax. Settle Gosh. down. Settle down. We got to stop doing this in front of a live audience. Settle down, guys. That's in my mind. What is the best pickup line you ever used prior to being happily with your significant others? Uh, what was the best pickup line that you ever used? Ooh. See, we're getting silly here. We're just getting a little it's personal branding. Best pickup line. I don't know that I've ever used a, a, a pickup line. Um, specifically, not. Oh, I was so hoping that you did. It would have been great. <laughs> not nothing specific. It's all in the questions. It's not about what you say. It's about how much you listen and the questions you ask. That's my pickup style. <laughs> we'll take it. That is correct. We'll take it. Don't use pickup lines, you goofballs. Say hi. My name is John. How are you? Right. Fair enough. All right. Here we go. If you had to join the military, which branch and what division would you join? This is still me. Yeah. Um, Navy SEALs. Navy SEALs. Yeah. Whoa. Absolutely. They're badasses. They are badasses. Man, you better you better be able to swim. Uh-huh. Buckle and up. Drink some seawater and all that stuff. What is the best comedy movie of all time and your favorite line from said movie? Um, Jager's going to be great at this one. I'm going to go Waterboy. I can't remember the exact line, though. That's but it's some the, high quality H2O. To me, it's the, the Joe Montana one. Well, you got to know. It can't be your favorite movie if you can't remember the line. I, I can't remember the line, but it's Waterboy. It's Waterboy. Waterboy. Fair enough. Fair enough. We'll give it to him. All right. Which college or university would you want to gain a scholarship from, and for what, if you could do it all again? Alabama to be a defensive back. That is correct. If you're going to be a DB, you go to Alabama. That's right. where that's where uh, you know coaches coaches a DB coach man. That's where they go. They all wear number four too. That's my the number. number. Is that your number? All right. <laughs> bonus question. Bonus question. Ooh, bonus Are you ready? Question. Let's go. I'm Would ready. you rather start a professional sports team to own and operate? Be a music production studio that you own and operate, like big time, like in another one, in another one, like that guy. You don't have to finish professional sports team all day. Well, Let's go. I wasn't finished. <laughs> okay. Or president of the United States. And why? Um, I'm going to have to say professional sports team um, because, again, I always go back to passion. I want to work around people who are obsessed, who are passionate, who are driven by by heart. And those athletes, man, you're, you're surrounded by that and, and typically surrounded with business people who were athletes and also bring that same level. Of that is correct. The crowd goes wild. What kind of sport would it be? Football. Football. All right. Fair enough. Mr. Chris Jager, are you ready to enter the hot iron? And I don't have time to come up with separate questions. I told Adam and Jason this when they came on the show. They're like, well, we don't have different questions. I have things to do. Okay? I was actually, I'm really impressed with how many questions there was. Yeah, there's eight questions. Seven wow. and a bonus. Okay. Let's go. I should just, you know, touch down a two-point conversion. <laughs> All right, here we go. Are you ready? This is the hot iron with J-Mo, Jager style. First question. Name the best professional sports team ever and the year. 1996 Bulls, duh. 1996 <laughs> Bulls. They went 72 and 10 and won the championship, I believe, with a. Um, was, that the, was that the 98 Bulls or 96? Which one? It was 98, the one 72 and 10, yeah? No, 72 is 96. 96. 96. And they, bought, they beat Seattle? Right. They beat Seattle. The year I was born. The Gary, glove. Gary Payton. Oh, my God. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Is that really the year you were born? 96. I just threw up on my microphone. <laughs> what three things other than air and water must you have in order to live a complete and full life? Faith, family, and friends. I believe they sell that at Bed Bath & Beyond on a sign. I think it's a key. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's a, a three tap. A little welcome mat. <laughs> yeah, welcome mat. <laughs> All right. What is the best project that you've ever been part of in a work setting? Ooh. So I'm going to go with launching the strategic development pod. So creating a new avenue of growth within the company and a new avenue of growth with my team. That's right. At Club Colors, we say don't get promoted. 
Invent your role. What is the best pickup line you ever used prior to being happy in your current relationship, Chris? Which I know you are quite. Hi, Danielle. <laughs> Hi, Danielle. Um, yes. I, Maybe it worked on Danielle, huh? It's one of those. I, I didn't really use pickup lines. I'm with G there. I'm just me. <laughs> and if you don't like me, then so be it. Yep. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I am who I am. <laughs> These guys got no game. I love it. <laughs> If you had to join the military, which branch and what division would you join? Ooh, I want to go with uh, the Marines. He's a Marine. He likes to be first in. I love it. I love it. What is the best comedy movie of all time and your favorite line from said movie? Ooh. I love comedies. This is a tough one. I want to go with Wedding Crashers. And I don't know why. Wow. I just I love this line when Vince Vaughn's going off and he's like, erroneous, erroneous at all counts. <laughs> Sometimes I, I forget it. how young you gentlemen are. Because I'm like Caddyshack, right? I'm going back. I'm dumb and dumber. I could go dumb and dumber all day. There's there's a lot of good I movies. mean, dumb and dumber is Ace Ventura. It's a treasure trove of of one-liners. It's beautiful. All right. Which college or university would you want to get a scholarship for and in what if you could do it all over again? Ooh. I'm going to go with Notre Dame. Mm. Play football. Mm -hmm. Quarterback. He's a golden yeah, dober. Yeah. Chris Montana. Chris Montana. There he is. Are you ready for the bonus question, Chris? I am. The nicest man on earth is ready for the bonus question. Here we are. Would you rather be a professional, own a professional sports team, be a music production studio that you own, or be president of the United States and why? I'm going to go with own a sports team. Okay. Yeah. It's one of those things where you're creating, you're working with brands, which I love naturally, but that competitive spirit that I that just wired into me will come out and it just, I can't top. It just goes to prove once again that great people don't want to be the president of the United States. <laughs> that is correct. All right, the crowd goes wild. You made it through the hot iron with J-Mo. made it. Oh, we my survived. gosh. We survived. We oh some my cuts, gosh. some bruises, some punches. Like I always say. But we made it out. You don't have to, you don't have to get – there is no right answer, but you better get your answers right. So that's how it goes. I dig it. Was that fun? That was great. That was, that was I'm amazing. Sweating. I'm so excited. Can we do another round of hot Let's iron? Let's go. I mean, we can just sit here and hot iron. It's a Friday. By the hot way, we're- is the whole episode. Please. We're recording this on a Friday in the afternoon, so <laughs> we're a little giddy. It's been a good week. We're a little, having a little fun, so this is a good time. What message do you really want to get across to folks more than anything? I mean, you know, we, we, uh, we've got a dynamic culture, and I think that we do a pretty good job of making sure that we steward the people that are here, and I think that, you know, the mindset is right as it relates to- um, how we want to partner with clients and how we think of partners, how we feel about partners. What would be, what would say you, how would you close this out? What are some of your thoughts that you have on the relationship that we have with some clients? Maybe drop some thank yous. I don't know. What do you want to say? My, mine would just be advice for people in general. And it would be a, a one word obsessed, be obsessed, no matter what you do, whether it's your relationship, your career, the projects that you work on, the people that you work alongside, be obsessed with everything that you do and you will find yourself being a very happy human being. That's great. Yeah, and for me, don't be afraid to take risks. So whether that's working with someone you've never worked with before, whether that's entering an industry that you may not know anything about and you're looking for that first opportunity out of college, uh, whether that's an industry shift, there's always risks involved when you're trying to find success and when you're trying to do something different than what's been done. Uh, and I think those are the, the key things be that G touched on and, and with risk taking that just adds up to an incredible brand experience. Well, gentlemen, it's been absolutely fantastic having you on the show. And uh, you are a great indicator of the direction that club colors is going and the future at club colors is extremely bright. And I'm proud to know you. I'm proud to work with you. I'm proud to uh, be on this episode with you, but I do want to remind you of something. You've been in the club. Let's go. Back and live, fully in the club. We did it, Jager. Our first one together. Let's go. Excited for the next one. Part two. <laughs> Part two. Part two. Before the end of the year. Definitely. Second one in. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you've been in the club, powered by Club Colors. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm glad that we could bring to you 
two of our top folks here, two of the best and brightest. If you don't have a relationship with them, please reach out to them. Find them on LinkedIn and uh, stay engaged. I'm telling you, we're on the move and we hope that you'll come with us. Thanks so much for supporting us. Thank you, SalesCast. Be well. Have a great day. Cheers. In the Club is powered by Club Colors. Club Colors is the premium marketing solution for all branded apparel and promotional products utilized to drive your brand awareness and brand success. From concept to doorstep, Club Colors can source over 9 million different product solutions, decorate your logo, create custom kitting solutions, manage all logistics, and build, manage, and curate your company online store. The full, comprehensive, all-in-one solution for your brand. Our brand promise is right solution, right place, right time. Allow Club Colors to create an inspiring brand experience for you and your team. Check us out at www.clubcolors.com.